Welcome into a very special live snap judgment on the podcast. Doug Maurice, Jeremy Birmingham, and Bill Landis to talk about Ohio State's impending hire of Bill O'Brien as the new offensive coordinator. Bill Landis, what are your first impressions? Uh, you know, not the guy I thought it was going to be when when Ohio State started out doing this, but what we knew of like the profile that Ryan Day wanted, which like seemed to have NFL experience pretty freaking high up on the list. Um, and I think someone that he could entrust to effectively be the head coach of the offense. Um, it certainly makes a lot of sense to hire a guy who is a former NFL and former college head coach who has a plethora of play calling experience at both levels. So um, wasn't, wasn't on my radar necessarily, but, but I think now that we're here, ultimately not terribly surprising. What's your uh, first reaction there, Berm? Uh, Bill Belichick hired him multiple times, and Nick Saban hired the guy, and I think that that's as, as good a reference as you can ask for in, in football. Um, it's also worth noting that not only was he an NFL head coach, he was an NFL head coach for six years and made the playoffs four times with the Houston Texans. This is not a guy that is it was just in the NFL for a, a cup of coffee and struggled and was booted back out of, of the sport. I mean, he's certainly... Um, not the personality I think people would like immediately think about when you're talking about college football and recruiting and that sort of stuff, but that's not going to be his job. He is, he is coming in, in a, in a similar role to what Jim Knowles is with the defense, which is to be the head coach of the offense so that Ryan day can run the Ohio state football program in a way that allows him to be more involved in fundraising and being more hands-on. He's still going to be a part of the offense. Don't think Ryan day is going to completely walk away from the offense. But from talking to people on Thursday night, that this is happening because Bill O'Brien is going to come in and run Ryan Day's offense. And it's that is the plan, that is the goal. And uh, I think that, you know, as Bill said, if you, if you go down the checklist of everything Ohio State was looking for, Bill O'Brien certainly hits all the points. And it allows Ryan Day to be more of a recruiter. And if it comes down to this, Doug, and this is my first thought, and, and people can take it however they want, if this comes down to a a one for one swap where you're replacing Corey Dennis with Bill O'Brien, then it is a grand freaking slam. Is that what it is? Does anybody know? Does that do we know the logistics? I feel, so they, I feel pretty confident that that's what it is. Okay, that would make sense. I mean, unless you say Corey Dennis can still coach the quarterbacks and Bill O'Brien is just going to be the offensive coordinator, and then you have eleven offensive coaches and two <laughs> defensive coaches, or whatever the balance is. So we we sent this out to our tech subscribers, and I was looking from some of the reactions there, looking at some of the reactions here live from the people uh, here with us on YouTube, and I just got to say, why are why would anyone be negative about this? There are people who are like, oh, I don't know if I like this play action game. Who are you? What are you talking about? What what don't you like about getting an NFL head coach to be your quarterback's coach and your play caller? So there's there's two parts of this. There's two parts of this. And I actually think the second part is by far more important. But the first part is Bill O'Brien. The second part is a guy to lift this burden off Ryan Day. But Bill O'Brien, so let's talk about Bill O'Brien first. Bill came was was like a, a a golden child in new england when mm. that mess exploded at penn state and they had to find somebody bill o'brien took that job at penn state was a head coach there for two years then went to the nfl as berm said winning record there leaves there goes to the the nick saban recycling camp and is two years the coordinator there and then goes back to new england with bill belichick 
like that resume, what this guy does, we're not going to pretend we know every bit of his offensive philosophy, but, but what do you think of, of that offensive experience coming to call plays for the Buckeyes? Yeah, I think it's really good. Um, I, I think, you know, in, in hindsight, as we thought about what, what Ryan Dave might do here, and when we were talking about this very early on, like I theorized that, like, oh, it's going to be some like hotshot young NFL dude who maybe has never called plays, and Ryan Day's going to like give that guy the chance to come run this offense. That actually made no sense because I don't think there's any world <clears throat> where Ryan Day was going to turn over his offense to someone who was less experienced than he was. Um, and Bill O'Brien certainly is not that. Um, I'm not going to pretend to be like a schematic expert in what Bill O'Brien does. And, and I don't even actually even know if that's terribly important because I do think he's coming here to more or less run what Ohio state has done the last couple of years under Ryan day. But I think um, with the multiple places he's worked in college um, in some different schemes, obviously in the NFL with the Patriots and the Texans, um, there is a wealth of offensive knowledge there that bill o'brien can tap into and a ton of play calling experience and and game situations like there, there shouldn't be anything that surprises him that would come up in in this role and i know that there's some people at alabama i think who were um not totally enamored by the job that he did there because uh he like merely averaged like 41 points per game when steve sarkeesian averaged like 49 and that was too much of a dip i think for people to stomach um but i actually covered bill o'brien's first year at penn state oh you did um, I did. Um, like I, I wasn't there every day, but like I covered all the home games. Like I watched all the games. Um, I thought he did. He did a tremendous job with that offense, with a team that like was hammered by scholarship sanctions. And uh, you know, he convinced people that Matt McGloin was an NFL quarterback, which is mm, no Moxie. Free, so. Moxie, yeah. So like I, I actually like over the years have liked quite a bit of what Bill O'Brien has done offensively. That's not always been great. But um, you're talking about a guy with, you know, decades plus of of experience orchestrating an offense, calling plays, um, understanding everything that goes into that. This is not some like what behind the years hire who might be more exciting um, than maybe Bill O'Brien is. But but I think experience mattered greatly here. Penn State, by the way, the the year before that Bill O'Brien got there, Bill O'Brien, they were 94th in offensive rating. And then when he got there in year one, they were 38th in offensive rating. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. How, how many yards did, did Bryce Young throw for when he won the Heisman? Like 4,800? Like it was 4,872 with 47 touchdowns and seven interceptions. I mean, uh, here's the thing. I, I, I'm going to I'm gonna try to withhold like frustration about the reaction that people seem to have to this. And so why? 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 Well, because because no, I'm positive no, term no, in 2024. No, I just... But, but you can be positive about their unwarranted negativity that's okay that's that's a positive way it's known right i understand like uh, for the last few weeks as we've talked about different offensive coordinators we've talked about uh guys like i've mentioned like kellen moore who i i'm a big fan of jason candle these younger guys that maybe have a little bit more swag to them that does not matter because if ohio state does not take care of business in the 2024 season and by that i mean beating michigan and getting to the playoff and making a deep playoff run there's a very good chance it doesn't matter which uh, how many coaches are on this coaching staff? Because none of them will be back in 2025. So <laughs> you can look at this in the Bill O'Brien hire and, and think to yourself, well, how does this project long-term? Is he going to be here three years? Who cares if he's going to be here three years? The goal is to bring in a veteran, a veteran coach who's worked with some of the greatest quarterbacks or the greatest quarterback of all time. He gets an opportunity to 
help develop and bring up Brian Hartline as an offensive coordinator and work with him a little bit more. You have a, a former NFL head coach and a former college coach who is now going to be coaching your quarterbacks. And I'm going to tell you what, uh, there, there's there's nothing negative about this hire. I, I can't see how people could feel that way. It, it, it It's extremely frustrating. It's similar to me, like the Ross Bjork hire. Like I, I know people have seen what happened at Ole Miss and, and and the Hugh Freeze thing, and then they see the Jimbo Fisher extension. Like Bjork's job at Texas A&M was to make sure that their coach was well taken care of. Not his fault that the guy sucked as a coach and, and, and they, their roster fell apart. That's not his job. His job is to make sure the program is taken care of, and he did that. And I think people just instinctively hate anything that happens because it's easier to hate things than to be like, you know what? In with a little bit of nuance, this actually is pretty freaking smart. Ryan Day is going to want to hear Belichick and Brady stories all day. That is the biggest problem potentially <laughs> with this hire is that Bill O'Brien's going to be like, hey, I think on third down we should do this. And Ryan Day is going to be like, what was Tom Brady like? What did he eat for lunch? <laughs> Ryan Day loves the Patriots. And so this there's some Belichick fairy dust sprinkled on this. And I don't think, like, I'm joking, but also I don't think that's nothing. Like, hey, Ryan Day is still not that veteran of a head coach. Mm. Bill O'Brien has been a head coach in the Big Ten, in the NFL, and he's worked for the greatest NFL coach in history and the greatest college football coach in history. And maybe there might be a moment where Ryan Day, when he's deciding something about culture or deciding something about game planning or preparation or trying not to lose to Michigan for the fourth time, where he might say to Bill O'Brien, hey, what do you think Nick or Bill would do here? And guess what? He'll have an answer. Now, that's not why he's here, Berm. That's not why he's like, hey, you know famous people. That's not why he's here. It's not a bad little bonus that no. this guy's worked with the best around. You're right, though, Doug. The reason he's here is because the greatest college football coach of all time and the greatest NFL coach of all time both put a absolute stamp of approval on hiring Bill O'Brien, period. Ryan Day does not make this decision unless the conversation with Bill Belichick and the conversation with Nick Saban is glowing about Bill about Bill O'Brien. And that is something I know has happened. And uh, if, you, if you're judging Bill O'Brien based on the 2023 New England Patriots, I, I I beg you to watch the 2023 New England Patriots and realize that the Ohio State offense is far more talented than the Patriots. <laughs> Kyle McCord would have started for the Patriots this year, right? It was like, eh, I don't know if it's at the like, Bailey Zappi, Kyle McCord. I don't know. They're kind of the same guy. So like the Bill O'Brien part of it, right? If, if you really want to dig in on my film guy tells me that O'Brien, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. But it's Ryan Day's offense. Bill, like, do you, do you have any reason to believe, like, how much, if you're trying to put some kind of percent or just a vibe on how different you believe this offense might look in 2024, because Bill O'Brien will be calling the plays instead of Ryan Day, what would you say? I, I wouldn't put a very high percentage on it. I, I think it's like, um, it's like, like we used to have the conversation, I think, with Urban a lot of times, like things don't change, they get enhanced a little bit, but it's not a whole, it's not a wholesale change. And I, I think that's what would happen here. Like, you know, sprinkle a thing or two on there. Maybe there's a couple of concepts that Bill O'Brien really likes and thinks are effective that Ryan Day hasn't run a whole lot. And when we see it, we're like, oh, that looks a little different. But I don't think we're going to look out there and not recognize the offense that we see. I, I, you know, Ryan Day knows how to design a passing attack, um, <clears throat> knows how to design an offense in, in general, I think. I think he knows what is effective. Um, and now he's just sort of passing off the responsibility of 
formulating those game plans and, and calling those plays on Saturdays off to somebody else. But like the, the ideas of how to be successful as an offensive football team, I don't think are going to change much at all as long as Ryan Day is the head coach here. So let's talk about recruiting a little bit from this standpoint before we get into, again, the thing I said that I think is really the much bigger deal. Does Ryan Day need help recruiting quarterbacks? Is Bill O'Brien going to be out there? Bill, you're in charge. You just had the best quarterback in 2026 on Bermanology. Like, is Bill Bryant, Bill O'Brien going to be in charge of that guy, or is it going to be still Ryan Day who makes that kind of thing happen? It will be Ryan Day who's in charge of making that thing happen, much like Jim Knowles doesn't need to recruit on defense. The reason you have Tim Walton, the reason you're bringing up James Laurinaitis, the reason you have Larry Johnson is because you need – Jim Knowles to focus on coordinating and getting the defense ready to win on Saturdays. Bill O'Brien's job will be to show high school quarterbacks, hey, this is Tom Brady on my speed dial. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of him. Uh, now, we're entering – that's how you know we're entering, like, the upside down because Ohio State will be able to use Tom Brady as a recruiting pitch, which <laughs> is insane. Um but no, the, Ryan Day will have more time to be an active recruiter. And Ryan Day is one of the best recruiters in the country. And I, I think that Bill O'Brien will be fine with dealing with kids on campus. Uh, here's the thing. like, uh, Watch is like Julian Sayan, who was being recruited by Bill O'Brien for a moment when he was, uh, you know, uh, before he left uh, to go back to the NFL. Watch is Julian Sayan, who probably is not going to end up signing with Alabama or, or staying at Alabama. Watch as people start talking about Julian Sayan wanting to come to Ohio State. You think that's going to happen because he's not interested in Bill O'Brien? These are the things that are going to happen. And people will, I don't know if Julian Sane will come to Ohio State. The quarterback room is pretty interesting right now. And I don't think there's a way that that could really work. But I'm going to tell you right now, it's something that will be discussed. So I do think there's a difference here between Bill O'Brien working for the two greatest football coaches of the modern era and working for Ryan Day. And it is that Nick Saban and Bill Belichick are both defensive coaches. When Bill O'Brien goes to work for Nick Saban and Belichick, Bill Belichick, they're kind of like, hey, man, like, like, do run your offense, right? Just like Ryan Day is like Jim Knowles, like, okay, like, yeah, I guess we want to keep a four-man front, but like, you're here to run the offense. That's not what he's here to do. It's what you said, Bill. He's, he's going to run Ryan Day's offense. And so I think for people who are saying, you know, well, Nick Saban fired him or, or the, the Patriots offense looked terrible this year, that's if you don't like the Bill O'Brien hire. Maybe you don't like the Bill O'Brien offense, Bill. This is not the Bill O'Brien offense. This is a veteran coach running the Ryan Day offense. And I think that's an important distinction. It's a it's a similar hire, right? Mm -hmm. uh, head coach of the offense, head coach of the defense. It's similar to Knowles. But the responsibility to do your own thing, bring your ideas, be in charge of a philosophy is much greater for Knowles than it is for O'Brien here. It, yeah, it is. And like, if you just, if you just think Bill O'Brien's like a bad play caller and I would never pretend to have, an, you know, enough expertise in that to say one way or the other, then maybe that leads you down the road of thinking this is, this is a bad hire. You know, certainly there were things with Bill O'Brien's offenses at Alabama that, that were a little out of sync. Alabama's offenses in general were a little out of sync. Like they had one receiver, the good, the, the year they were good throwing the ball and no receivers the year they weren't good throwing the ball. Bryce Young was a common denominator there. Um, they weren't good, very good running the ball one year. They were better the year they had Jameer Gibbs. Um, I just think like the combination of Ohio State's offensive talent and the foundation that Ryan Day has set here, like to have successful offenses, like and clearly he has. I know like 
last year was a was a minor step back, but I don't I don't think that means the way that Ryan Day thinks about offense is suddenly flawed or or ineffective. Um, I think with the an increase in talent in certain positions, which I think Ohio State has now, um, and needs to continue to address obviously in the offensive line, and we'll see how that goes. There's no reason to think that they can't get back to the levels that we come to, come to expect of Ohio State's offense. And, and Bill O'Brien is just like coming now to sort of like be a steward of that. He's not he's not coming to revamp the whole thing. He's coming to make Ryan Day's offense kind of click on all cylinders again. And I, I think he's equipped to do that. Um, you know, if if he's not, we'll talk about it. But yeah, yeah, like yeah, as we sit yeah, as we yeah. sit here as yeah. we sit here right now, like I don't I don't think to myself, like, boy, Ryan Day screwed this up. There's no way Bill O'Brien, who's you know, called plays in Super Bowls, is not going to be able to handle calling Ryan Day's offense. Like I think he'll be okay doing it. So the bigger part of this is having someone other than Ryan Day call the offense. And when I was still at Cleveland.com in December, I guess it was, before Ohio State played Georgia in the semifinal, they let me come into an offensive meeting. And it was like on a Tuesday after practice, and it was they run all the plays in practice that they then want to run in the, in the game. It actually, I think, was during the season. It might have been before the Maryland game. And they evaluate the plays, and they're it's like a two-hour film session based on the practice they got just had. So Ryan Day is in there, and it was Kevin Wilson back then and Justin Fry and Tony Alford and Brian Hartline and, and Corey Dennis and everybody else, and they were kind enough to just let me absorb what was happening. And the, the, the thing that stuck with me is that Ryan Day was in the back of the room with the laser pointer, and they're showing all the, the plays from practice up on the screen, and it's Ryan Day who's pointing and talking about blocking angles and talking about should we hit this hole here or look about look at this release from this receiver. And then the other assistant coaches are chiming in when you're talking about your guys, right? Justin Fry was up at the screen the whole time, like blocking the wall. But it was Ryan Day, the head coach with a million things to do, who was holding the laser pointer on a Tuesday night, running through every single nitty gritty bit of what they did offensively in practice that day. And I think he does that every night, every film session. And especially as this was unfolding last year and there was the idea of handing it to Heartline and it didn't happen, I just kept thinking, he's got to give the laser pointer to somebody. It doesn't change the offense. He has all these magnets on the wall in there. Same magnets, same formation, same grouping, same philosophy on third and short, third and medium, goal line, everything else. But my God, the guy's got a whole program to run, Berm. Can somebody else hold the light to say, hey, are we blocking that right? And that's what he's looking for. So whatever guy X that he trusts to hand that laser pointer to, that alone, Berm, I think is a gigantic victory because for the first time ever, we're going to get to see the full Ryan Day head coach and what that looks like. And yeah, they need to do it, but I want to see it. Yeah, it's something he's been working to do for the last year, and maybe it didn't happen in the last year uh, because of Ryan Day. Maybe he wasn't ready to give that up. This 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 offseason, these last few weeks, we've talked about it on our shows a, a handful of times. There has been a, a, a noticeable and visceral change in what Ryan Day is in these last few weeks. And the fact that Ohio State spent you know, hours in Georgia today at the home of Caleb Downs trying to figure out if they can get him to transfer when years past, I'm not sure that that would have been the case. I think they would have said, hey, our roster's set. We're, we're okay. This is a, a, a guy that understands his entire legacy as a head coach is on, on the line 
when it comes to the 2024 season and the decision to entrust Bill O'Brien with his baby, the offense, which is Ryan Day's baby, is is a massive step in the development of him as a head coach and, and, a, and a, a CEO type head coach because that's what he has to be. Ryan Day doesn't need to hold the laser pointer. What he needs to do is be on the phone and talking to recruits. And what he needs to do is being at fundraisers with major businesses around Ohio saying, give us your money. That's what he needs to do. And what you've done by hiring Bill O'Brien is you hired a professional. Mm-hmm. You hired a professional football coach to replace Corey Dennis. And it's not a knock on Corey Dennis, who's done a serviceable job on the recruiting trail, pretty good job on the recruiting trail. He's excellent at building relationships. But the door was opened in most of those instances because Ryan Day is the quarterback's coach in you know, spirit, maybe if not in name. Now Ryan Day can still do that. He can still work with the quarterbacks, but he doesn't have to hold the laser pointer on Tuesday nights. Bill, when, and this was two seasons ago, so Kevin Wilson was still there. And in that session, by far, the person who spoke the most, second most after Ryan Day was Kevin Wilson. And so I thought a lot about that this year when you replace Kevin Wilson with Keenan Bailey. And by the way, Keenan Bailey was just like a grad assistant guy or whatever he was, QC back then. For that role, Keenan Bailey actually had a voice in that room. You could tell, like, they trust this guy. But just even that, that this is still a young staff in a lot of ways. Justin Fry has been around a little bit. Tony Alford's been around. But even to replace, even if it's just replacing Kevin Wilson and the gravitas and the experience and, hey, against Oklahoma in 2000, this is what we did. Hey, in the playoffs when the Texans – like that kind of stuff, that stuff comes up. And I think probably this year they missed that because they missed, they just missed Kevin Wilson. So I think experience, been around the block, trust, faith, that room changes, brother. The room changes. And maybe if it was a hotshot young guy on his way up, great ideas, wonderful. I think they need heft more than anything in that room, especially if Ryan Day is not going to be in there as much. Yeah, and I, I didn't I didn't give enough weight to that. Like l- last year, as we talked about things when the offense was like looking out of sorts of times, we we had some Kevin Wilson conversations, and I was you know re- re- reticent, I think, to put too much on on that departure. And even now, like I'm not I'm not trying to make more of it. I think than than it was, but you do make a good point about like not institutional knowledge at Ohio State. Yes, because Kevin Wilson had been here for a while, sort of working side by side with Ryan Day, but then just like the career knowledge that you get from being a person in that position for in Kevin Wilson's case, I think it was like 20 years and Bill O'Brien is, is, is about the same. If you go back even to his time um, before he went to new England, he was an offensive coordinator in college for a couple of years. So that was almost 25 years ago. Um, that does matter. Like, I think heft, I think heft is, is a good word for it. And it's not like, you know, like you said, Tony Alfred's coached a long time. Like he has experiences to draw back on. So does Justin Fry. So does Brian Hartline, even a guy who's who's relatively young in his coaching career. But I think, you know, one Bill O'Brien has more experiences, but also Bill O'Brien has those experiences, and then also can like channel it through the 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 point of view of being an offensive coordinator and like running a room and finding answers for things. And 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 I think they were. It turns out missing that and and. It's not that Ryan Day couldn't do it. Like I think if like if that's all Ryan Day had to focus on, clearly I think he'd be very good at it. That's why he's the head coach at Ohio State. But you just couldn't ask him to do it anymore. And it's it's less for me about like the this the thing that people like to say like oh uh, offensive play callers historically haven't won national championships in college football it hasn't happened um, since Jimbo Fisher did it with with Florida State in 2013. That feels like 
a little bit like a, of like a weird statistical anomaly for me that it is like a hard and fast rule. I think it's more about just the way college football is changing, all the things that Byrne was talking about. Like sometimes and coaches are reluctant to want to embrace being a CEO or, or are slow to come around to that idea. I don't think you have a choice now. Um, and college football has trained, changed dramatically in, in the years that Ryan Day has been a head coach. And, and maybe when he first took this job, he, he didn't think he had to fully be CEO mode. Um, but now he does. There's just there's way, way, way too much on the plate. Of, a, of the head coach, especially in a place like Ohio State, for Ryan Day to try to wear as many hats as he was wearing, and now he gets to pass off a couple to a guy who's who's done it at a high level, I think, for a very long time. I, I think it's interesting with, with this hire because Ryan Day, we talked about it on Monday at Roosters, and we've talked about it in other shows before. The, Ryan Day, by nature, I don't think is the most trusting person. I don't think he like mm. finds people around the country that he's like immediately drawn to and says, ah, oh, I, I like you. I trust you. I he likes you. Though. To... He likes you. Doesn't he like you? Berm? He likes I, you I can't fella. be sure of that. I, 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 I probably not, but uh, <laughs> not many people do, but I think that this is almost trust by proxy because of hmm. he's, he's reaching out again to Bill Belichick and Nick Saban and saying, what do you guys think about this? And, and if those two coaches are returning the volley and saying, we trust Bill O'Brien, then I think that allows Ryan Day, who is not trusting by nature uh, easily, to to be more receptive to the idea. He's not a guy that's ever wanted to be a CEO type of head coach, but he knows he has to be if he wants to succeed at Ohio State for the long term. And so it had to be someone like Bill O'Brien to come in and do this because, you, as Bill said earlier in the show, you can't give your offense to a 35-year-old who, who's got less coaching experience than you do. Bill O'Brien was an NFL head coach longer or as long as Ryan Day has been a head coach, period. And he then you can top on another 25 years of coaching experience on top of that for a guy like Bill O'Brien. That's that's impossible to, to understate how important that is in this decision. And what's difficult, and I think it maybe, I think it did hold back the transition last year when Ryan Day thought maybe he was going to hand out O'Brien Hartline. He can't learn on the job at Ohio State because there's no such thing as a learning season, Bill. It's go time. Mm. It's national championship time. It's beat Michigan time. It's playoff time every single year. And you can't afford anywhere. Play caller, quarterback, guys that really matter. You can't afford to let a guy take his lumps because you have to try to win it all every single season. And I think, like, there's no, is Bill O'Brien perfect? Probably not. But he's done it. He's taken yeah. lumps elsewhere. And and the idea of, like, let's roll the dice. Even, like, when, when Lincoln Riley was hired at Oklahoma, or even hiring Ryan Day in 2017, as much as that turned out to be a great hire for Ohio State, and he was sort of a young guy on the way up, it was in conjunction with Kevin Wilson who'd yeah. done a million things and been around the block. And yeah, Ryan Day was a play caller, but I, I don't know that for if Berm saying Ryan Day maybe isn't naturally trusting anyway in this pressure cooker, trying to, to avoid a fourth straight loss to Michigan. You got to get a guy that's been there before. Yeah. You got to think, yeah, it's, it's a, a guy like who I said, like I said before is, not going to be surprised by anything that that he might encounter at Ohio State this year, and like I under I almost understand understand and Burn maybe knows more or better than I do to to say it the way that he said it in terms of Ryan Day not being the most trusting person in the world, <clears throat> but it's more than that. It's like the reason he's the head coach is is the thing that he's now giving up, right? It's like there's probably a bit of an identity crisis that comes with that. Like, what am I? If, <laughs> if I'm not the play caller, I'm not the offensive coordinator, I'm not the quarterbacks coach. Then what do I do? 
Um, and, and I think that that is now a journey that Ryan day is going to go on. Surely it's something that he's thought about, I think at least for a year, because his thoughts were in his head last mm-hmm. year when he made the decision to promote Brian Hartline. Um, and now he gets to like fully in, in, embrace that idea. Um, and I don't think too, like this is a, a bit of a tangent, but I think like we got some, some texter questions about like, what does this mean for Brian Hartline before this even happened? Um, like there, it's cool. Like I think Brian Hartline is very cool <laughs> with with what's happening here with Bill O'Brien coming in. And, and I never got like I understand the business of college football. Like Brian Hartline is a hot commodity. You got to give him a title bump. You got to give him a pay raise. Like never during that period that I think like Brian Hartline was itching to show his play calling chops and his like brilliant offensive mind. Um, I think you know his reason. The reason he is successful is is different from that and like the reason why i still think he can be a successful head coach is different from that and i think he has uh, an understanding of that too so i actually think this is like pretty good for him um he can keep his co-title and learn a little bit maybe from bill o'brien and continue to develop as a coach without having the burden of doing something that maybe is not his strong suit or certainly something that he's never done before and ryan day doesn't have to you know lay awake at night wondering if he's handing over the job to someone who can handle it because now he's hired somebody that he knows can how do you think this will make Ryan Day a better head coach, Berm? You talked about the other things that he's going to have to do. do. Do you believe he will be better at the head coaching job if he doesn't have to worry about calling plays? Yeah, I mean, it, the the job changes. And I, I don't know if he's going to be better at it or not because he's been pretty darn good at being the head coach that he has been. But it is a sign of of at least the maturity and the growth that he's having as a coach to realize that this is what he has to do. And I, I don't know that it will be, as Bill said, an easy transition because it, it is a bit of an identity crisis for a guy that is in the position he's in because of his offense, because of the way he developed quarterbacks, because of the way he's called games. That's why he's the head coach at Ohio State. Um, I, I think that we've already seen him in the last month take on a much more active role as far as being the the outward face of the program, being the primary fundraiser on the NIL front, those are the things that the head coach's job now requires. If you're, he's not going to be removed from the offense, and I think that's important to understand. Uh, to understand, but as you said, he doesn't need to spend every minute of every post practice session in the room with the offense, and that's what he's had to do for the last four years, five years, six years. And now he doesn't have to. That is a big deal. And the reason that it's happening is because in the last couple of years, you had Kevin Wilson where you could uh, lean on him. And now Ryan Day is is accruing that wisdom and starting to figure out, how do I get better at this? And, and I, I think people don't fully understand how competitive Ryan Day is as a person and how, how important this is to him. Um, because to make this decision now, when everything is on the line for him personally and professionally in the next uh, 11 months, it, it speaks volumes just about what he's the, the transformation that he's having uh, as a coach. And I can only imagine knowing that, that however these next few months play out will be a major boost for him down the road because it can't, it can't be anything but that. I even think, you know, we saw him in the spring, in practice, like trying to hang out with the defense more and having a hard time doing it. And, and I think part of it, you know, again, even Kevin Wilson's not there. It's just like these guys, how often have the guys there run an offensive practice even right? Bill Bryan's run a gazillion offensive practices. There's just even things there. It doesn't mean the other guys can't do it. It means they haven't done it. And this is Mm -hmm. not, which again, we can get into like some of the younger guys they've hired. This is not a learning environment. 
this is a winning environment. And so like you kind of, and even when you make some young hires, it means that on the other end, you put more pressure on some of the other jobs when Corey Dennis doesn't have that much experience and Keenan Bailey doesn't have a ton of experience. And it's like, okay, well now we're looking at the guys at the top and Ryan Day's like, I guess they're looking at me. I just think it's such a huge deal. This is the thing that pops in my head and it's a game day thing. I always hate the coaches who were, have their head buried in their play sheet. Cause it's like, there's a great big world out there. Everybody made fun of Brady Hoke for not wearing a headset. I almost would take that over headset play sheet. Like, do you even know if it's raining or not? Because you're <laughs> so worried about what you're going to run on second and seven. When Ryan day at the end of the first half in the Michigan game decided to like milk the clock and settle for a long field goal and not go for it. And, and, and it, I just thought it was anti what he wanted to be. To me, in that moment, when you're the head coach and the play caller, you're deciding both, are we going to go? And if we go, what are we going to run? It's two decisions. Now, he just has to decide, Bill, the strategy. What are we going to do? We're going to go, Bill, give me your best play. Or knowing we talked about it during the week, we know what our four best fourth and short plays are, but Bill's going to pick the best one. I thought that I thought you could feel the burden on mm -hmm. Ryan day in that moment. And it's not pressure. It's too much to do. And you're, you can't be, you're not going to be as good of a play caller and you're not going to be as good of a decision maker when you're forced to be both. And that to me was a crystallization of like, you got to just let him make the decisions and let someone else call the plays. Yeah, and I think that that moment's a good one. And I also thought in in the twenty twenty two Michigan game, when um, I can't remember the exact scenario, whatever, whatever preceded the botched fake punt with the with the bad snap, it was, and like CJ Stroud's looking to the sideline, like I can't believe you're taking me out of the game right here. Um, the head coach needs to be more in tune with his team in those moments, and like, it's not to say like you always do what the players want you to do. But like, I, th I think there is a vibe that you get on the sidelines. Like, okay, they're ready for this. Let's go do it. That I think is hard to key, on, key in on when you're trying to do the things that you're talking about, Doug, what's the play call. If we go for it, we have this fake punt in our back pocket. Is this the right time to do it? I don't know. We have a backup long snapper. Will this work? I have no idea. I guess let's just do it. And instead of putting CJ Stroud on the field to go try to convert like a fourth and four or whatever it was, um, and I like that the the play at the end of the the half this year felt very similar to me. Um, that team seemed like it was ready to put the put the pedal down and like really go tempo and like go try to score a touchdown before the half. And like Ryan Day didn't seem to pick up on that because he was trying to figure out like the clock and how many timeouts they had and field position and what play they were going to call. And this should free him up to just be able to kind of like pick up on those vibes from his players, both offensively and, and defensively. Like I know he's not a defensive guy, but I think it's important for the head coach to have the, 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 his finger on the pulse of the entire team. And I think that's really hard to do when you're focused as, as hyper-focused as Ryan day has been on the offensive side of the ball. So um, it's, it's, it's no guarantee as we said that like, yeah. it's going to make Ryan day a better head coach. Um, but I think this, I think this setup is what it needs to be. We'll see if it leads to success, but I think Ryan Day has finally at least come around to the right idea of what this needs to look like. And it does open up some other questions. I mean, we, we've all heard the rumblings for the last few weeks about when this hire gets made, whoever it was going to be, that that incoming offensive coordinator was going to have some input on who else remained on the Ohio State coaching staff on the offensive side of the ball. But I, I think at this point, it, it would be a real 
risk for Bill O'Brien to come in and demand a new offensive line coach or a new running backs coach or a new tight ends coach. And so I, I think the timing of this probably eliminates some of those discussions. Um, but Ohio State still has an open spot on their coaching staff right now. And I don't know exactly how this is going. And now, it seems very unlikely that they hire another offensive coach. But, I mean, it also seems potentially like like Ohio State's interested in not promoting James Laurinaitis just yet if they can find another defensive coach. So there's still other things that have to be figured out here. But this hire is so – it just feels so solid to me. And and it allows you to, to really – back out of things if you're Ryan Day to zoom out and look at the whole picture of what your program is. And, um, you know, I, I think about this year's Michigan game and what you guys are talking about, the plays at the end of the half. But to me, it was the first drive of the or first drive of the game when Xavier Johnson gets a first down and doesn't even, and the Buckeyes don't take a look at it. And they end up punting on that drive when it, he had a first down and they wouldn't have had to punt. And that that's the situation where Ryan Day looking at the play sheet for the next thing, maybe you, you are losing that or, or you're gaining a different site of access or insight into what's actually going on on the field. And I, I think he really wanted to give up play calling a year ago. But as you said, Doug, when you're in those first spring practices and you're realizing that your your veteran coach in Tony Alford has never called plays, he's never been in that situation. And then you have Brian Hartline, who's great at everything he's done for Ohio State, but he's new as an offense coordinator in that situation. Justin Fry, who's very raw, new to Ohio State. Keenan Bailey, who's 27 or 28 years old. Corey Dennis, who's 29, 30 years old. Like, how do you how do you give the offense over in that situation? I don't think it was ever tenable um, based on the fact that they lost Kevin Wilson. I think if Kevin Wilson was still on the staff last year, that that Ryan Day would have handed over the play calling the way that he wanted to. Just throwing out a name. People love to throw out names for coaching hires. Uh, if Bill O'Brien wants to come in and make some changes. Do you know when Bill O'Brien was the offensive coordinator the first time around in New England, do you know who the Patriots' tight ends coach was that year? No. Brian Ferentz. <laughs> Don't. A lot of experience. That's a good time for us to walk away, Doug. <laughs> in the end, this offseason for the Ohio State Buckeyes, Bill, with what they've done in the transfer portal, the coaching changes, this coming in, it, it, it ended as bad as it could end with a loss to Michigan and, a, and a, a bad bowl game performance. Where do you feel like this program is right now? I, I, I think in about of as good of a spot as you could be taking all those things into account that you just laid out about how the, how the season ended. Um I, they needed to take a hard look at some things. They needed to recalibrate because clearly what they were trying to do was not good enough for them to accomplish their goals. It hasn't been for three years. Um, that doesn't mean like blow the whole thing up and start over from scratch, but there were particular areas that that needed to be addressed. And I think this was maybe, at least on the coaching side, the biggest one. Um, and now Ryan Day has has done that with a guy who, who brings a wealth of experience to the position. Add that in with you know all the roster stuff that they've they've had happen, which has been predominantly good news um i think it's been a pretty good offseason like i i don't think i think there's some sentiment that like man ohio state had a great offseason and then they did this like i'm I, this is part of it for me like i i think this is a a continuation of what has been a, a good offseason for ryan day and that's not me like just saying like any move ryan day makes is great it's me like keeping an open mind about it what i think is a very interesting hire and not me i'm, like, I'm not guaranteeing success but i i think it's a pretty good move for them all right, Berm, state of the program from you. 
Um, I, I understand why people were worried heading into the offseason. I think that Ryan Day has stood up and shown people why he was the obvious choice to replace Urban Meyer. And um, while things are, are not where they were six years ago, uh, because Michigan isn't a dumpster fire of a program anymore, uh, I, I don't know how you can look at this and think that things are, are going poorly for Ohio State. They just were able to bring a six-year NFL head coach into being their offensive coordinator and um, were able to retain everyone else on their coaching staff that they wanted to keep. Uh, was able to bring back eight of uh, eight eight of nine guys who were uh, potential NFL draft picks um, in the next draft. I mean, it's it's clear that there is a desire to win. That has not changed, and I, I'm excited to see what they can get out of it. Uh, I want to before we before we cut off here and go for that. Uh, Austin has joined no. the studio, and I don't know if he's actually trying to get on the show or if he's just walking around. But it looks like he wants to give some comments, so I'm gonna oh. patch Austin in while he's at Disney World. I just want to see where he is. What rides he on? I don't think he's on a ride, but he seems to be walking around. But I'm going to patch him in, let him give a thought or two before we go. Uh, this is Snap Judgments presented by Byers Auto. And Austin Ward wants to have a comment or two, so let's see what he's got. What's up, Doug? You hear Austin, me? Austin, how's it going, man? We got you. We got you. Are you at Epcot? Where are you? I just got off the bus. We're back at Port Orleans French Quarter. Oh, lovely. Second Tron ride and then out. Uh Apologize for the bad lighting and the bad mic, but I mean, I, I guess I anticipated this might happen when I take a vacation. I thought we'd be through all the NFL draft announcements. I go, oh, okay, an offensive coordinator and the biggest move out of everything in the offseason transpires. Uh, the, the question you asked, like, how does this rate? What is the state of the program? I have no idea how this is going to work out with Bill O'Brien. I'm going to try and find some light down here on the French Quarter, but this has been the best offseason, I would say, by far for Ryan Day, and that's without knowing how this offensive coordinator work move is going to pay off. I don't know what he's going to do to change the system, how he's going to work with Will Howard, any of those things at this point. Bill O'Brien's really difficult to evaluate over the last five years of his career, but Ryan Day took big swings and his career at Ohio state is on the line in 2024 with no question. So he had to do aggressive things with his coaching staff. He had to do aggressive things in the transfer portal. He had to do aggressive things at quarterback. He had to do aggressive things to keep the NFL draft guys in Columbus to try and win in 2024. So I think he checked all of those boxes. That does not mean that all of these moves are going to work out for him and that they're going to win the national championship and beat Michigan and win the big 10 and all those things to accomplish their goals. But you have to give him, I think, full marks for trying. Well, and that's that's such a big part of it that it, again, I, I don't think anybody would disagree, Austin, with the idea that like his his career is on the line here. How could you not go down swinging? How could you go down not knowing what you would be like if you didn't have to call plays, not uh, thinking you had a bunch of holes you had to fill because you couldn't keep guys in school? You know, keeping guys on staff that you weren't sure about. I think Austin, like that point, nothing is guaranteed, but. I think what this fan base wants a lot of the time is aggression. They yeah. want Ohio State to swing, and it feels like it's been an aggressive program since the Cotton Bowl loss. Yeah, and I think that we've used that term aggression for a lot of things, when that, whether that's roster management or the transfer portal, I think primarily. And I, 
and I know that Bill and I had this conversation not too long ago, and I'm like, I, I mean, how do you describe that? Because oftentimes aggression is not always the best way to handle roster management decisions. And continuity, we also talk about that having value when you're building a coaching staff and trying to keep things together for the long haul and understanding a system and you know developing a program and having players who know who their coach is going to be and what they're going to ask them to do. So I, I can certainly understand why through five years there hasn't been that level of quote-unquote aggression in any of those departments. But if you go on a more conservative route and expect different results, that's not going to happen uh, time after time. And eventually the bill is going to come due. And we, we talked about a number of those things happening in the Michigan game specifically with three different position units where changes could have been made and it's winding up costing them all of the three goals that we talk about them trying to reach. So, you know, you, you can't just objectively evaluate that, in my opinion, if you're Ryan Day and say, well, let's try it again in year six because the roster is going to be good. I think the players understand that as well. If you're not willing to make the adjustments when things aren't working, then a lot of these guys wouldn't have stuck around. So, you know, again, will this move? don't know it's going to be one of the most fascinating months ahead and then clearly the highest stake season in a while for the head coach at ohio state probably the most significant one that i've covered in 12 years uh because there was never any point where it was like well urban meyer's gonna get fired if he doesn't win this year that didn't there was nothing like that so ohio state hasn't gone through this ryan day's not gone through this uh it's it sets up to be a wild 2024. The offseason has already been that. It's been news every single day for the last 10 days. I appreciate you guys uh, covering for me the last since we left and got down to Orlando. And, um, you know, I just, this is a pretty, pretty big deal. And as I said, I, it's a huge swing. And I do think that it's one that whether Bill O'Brien is the, the right pick out of this group of four, five, six names that we heard. I don't know, but Ryan Day is willing to take that shot, give him control of the offense, and then we'll see how that transpires from here. And it's going to be cool when Saban and Belichick show up for spring ball. That'll be fun. We'll try to get, we'll try to get him. Austin's so good at grabbing the guys coming off the field. Hey, come over here to our camera just for a second. Bill, Nick, come together. Austin will pull that off. We'll look forward to that here on uh, the podcast. So. This is big news. There's going to be uh, the podcast daily in the morning. There's going to be continued coverage. You know it. You're going to find the best Ohio State discussions here uh, on the podcast, whether it's on our YouTube feed, whether it is on our podcast feed. If you were listening live or catching it later, we certainly appreciate it. So in the end, Bill O'Brien will be the new offensive coordinator of the Ohio State Buckeyes for Austin Ward, who rode the Tron ride twice tonight. Man, I'm so jealous. I can't wait to ask about it when you get home. For Jeremy Birmingham, for Bill Landis, I'm Doug Maurice, and thanks for watching Snap Judgments on the podcast brought to you by Byers Auto.